With your latest news, I'm April Cummings. A dozen police officers combed through several acres of thick, watery swamp in search of 72-year-old Earl Keith Whiteley. Initially, Mr. Whiteley was reportedly last seen on Christmas Day, but then police received reports that he had been spotted several weeks later. A prior search of the area turned up some of his belongings in an abandoned car. RCIPS media spokesperson Jacqueline Carpenter says police do not believe at this stage that he has become the victim of foul play, but they are concerned about his health and safety. He is a genuine, you know, missing person, been missing for a while, and we do have concerns about his safety and about his health for sure. And we do hope that we find him in good health, but we do not know that that will be the case at this point. Mr. Whiteley is about 5 feet 11 inches tall of dark complexion. He's not thought to be dangerous. And police say if you spot him, you should call them at 949-4222. The Cayman Islands maintains its market share with another year of record-breaking statistical arrivals. That, according to tourism officials, who report total visitation in 2018 has surpassed past all previous years of recorded visitation. Radio Cayman's Dion Anglin has more. Total arrivals for 2018 in both air and cruise visitation was 2,384,058, an 11.05% increase over the same period in 2017. There were over 463,000 stayover visitors, an increase of 10.66%, an additional 44,598 visitors over 2018. Tourism officials say there are a number of firsts to celebrate. The Cayman Islands welcoming over 450,000 stayover visitors visitors for the first time. Arrivals in 2008 represent the highest number of stayover visitors for a calendar year in recorded history, surpassing January through December 2017. And twice in 2018, more than 50,000 stayover visitors traveled to the destination within a single month in March and December. The significant increase in visitation positively impacted the local economy, with an uptick in visitor spending increasing by 98.1 million U.S. dollars over 2017. The estimated total visitor spend in 2018 was 880.1 million U.S. dollars, an increase of 12.5 percent. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Dion Anglin. And the governor confirms that he's here for the next four years at a reception at Government House Thursday night. He even released a video of the announcement on his Facebook page. Now, I have one important announcement to make uh, this evening. I think um, all of you know that um, because of the circumstances of my predecessor's uh, withdrawal, um, I came out to post at fairly short notice on a temporary basis. Um, but, I, but I am very happy to confirm tonight that I am now appointed to the job uh, on a permanent basis. His Excellency Martin Roper has been working in a temporary capacity. The prior governor, Anwar Chowdhury, was recalled by the Foreign and Commonwealth Office back in June. Mr. Roper told reception guests that he plans to continue his work strengthening ties between the Cayman Islands and the United Kingdom. Big day for the Department of Vehicle and Equipment Services as Minister Joey Hugh and his team stop in for a visit at the North Sound Road construction site to see how the first phase of the project is going. Right now, the conditions that they are in in the, in the old offices, are, there's no, no other word but deplorable to, to describe them. Uh, persons are sitting on each other, there's no windows. Um, and, the, and the ceiling is quite low, so you can see this is going to be a, a tremendous improvement for, um, for them. So this first phase of the $6.6 million project focuses on the admin building, which is nearing completion. Edgewater development contractor Dick Willem is feeling pretty good right now. We're on schedule. Everything's just flying. We're getting all our answers from uh, Public Works Department on time, and uh, yeah, everything's, everything's excellent.
The architectural design, drawings, and project management came from Public Works, but as perhaps the end users who are most delighted with where things are and where they'll be. The greatest advantage is that we'll finally have a purpose-built facility to manage, properly manage the government fleet. We're, we're talking a building that's approaching 47 years old. 47 years ago, we did not envision this type of fleet. We did not envision the type of services government offer. We didn't envision the volume of vehicles that government presently has. Acting DVES Director Stephen Quinlan says from several hundred vehicles back in the day to the more than a thousand they take care of now, he and his team are extremely pleased at how the project has unfolded. This facility will allow us to finally efficiently deal with the demand that the government faces and its future demands as we're building for the future, not currently what we have, but we're building for the ex extra services that government is planning to take on as well, which requires equipment and vehicles. Phase one includes an 8,700 square foot two-story admin building at a cost of just over $2.9 million. It is expected to be complete in early April. Some new changes in leadership for the Sister Islands Community Policing Department. Radio Cayman's Shanda Gallego has the details. The Sister Islands now sees Acting Police Inspector Kevin Bogle as Area Commander. Mr. Bogle has 22 years of policing experience and has been with the RCIPS for over 10 years. He's coming from the Community Policing Department where he was the Sergeant in Charge of Georgetown. He began his new duties last week and has been appointed for a minimum of two years. For the next few weeks, Acting Inspector Bogle will focus first on conducting a thorough assessment of policing coverage and performance and will be taking a look at current shift schedule in order to ensure better police availability. According to an RCIPS press release, Mr. Bogle's first objective is an increase in police presence on the Sister Islands with a special focus on schools. He hopes to also focus on addressing antisocial behavior, including speeding and the use and sale of drugs. He takes over from Inspector Andre Tahalm, who returned to his policing duties on Grand Cayman. Shanda Gallego. Radio Cayman News. An application for public restrooms at Starfish Point is granted planning permission, subject to several conditions. Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller explains. In the January 9th meeting of the Central Planning Authority Board, the Ministry of District Administration applied for public restrooms at Starfish Point in Northside. There were several objectors to the application who claimed that building the restrooms would be in breach of restrictive covenants or that the area is, quote, already suffering from the consequences of unchecked public use, like loud music, trash being dumped on neighboring properties, and drug use. The CPA resolved to grant permission, though, subject to conditions including a revised plan showing the garbage enclosure, the location dimensions and size of the wastewater treatment system, and the tire stops for parking spaces, as well as including things like a stormwater management plan and landscape plan. The board outlined its decision, adding that the scale, proportion, and design of the building is consistent with historical architectural traditions of the islands and that no objections were lodged that raised grounds for refusing the permission. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Carsley Fuller. The board's full decision and reasoning can be found in the January 9th meeting minutes at planning.ky. Cayman-Brex National Trust branch gears up to host its annual winter fundraiser, the Octopus's Garden Party. It benefits our Environmental Habitat Protection Fund, which is the fund that allows us to procure some um, property, any property that we can, that uh, we also get donations of property. 
And once it goes into the National Trust, it's there for perpetuity. Uh, so it, they become animal sanctuaries for all of our wildlife, the flora and the fauna. Committee Chair Kathleen Bodden-Harris tells Radio Cayman that there'll be lots of food and entertainment, as well as the usual silent and live auction starting at 8 o'clock. And after, the winner of the Split the Cash raffle will be announced. Everything's going to have a, the theme of under the sea, so we'll have like Beach Boys and bar- songs like Barracuda and things about sail. It's going to be a, a cute little theme. Uh, we've invited people to wear costumes. It's certainly not required uh, if they if they want to participate in, in costumes. It all happens this Saturday, January 26th from 6 p.m. until 11 p.m. at the Brack Trust House. You can get more information at 916-3960. That's your latest local news from Radio Cayman's Newsroom. I'm April Cummings. With a look at Radio Cayman's local sports on this Friday evening, I'm Dion Anglin. Carifta volunteers and officials are taking the Darkness to Light training in preparation for the Carifta Championships in April. All volunteers and officials who registered via the Cayman Carifta 2019.ky website under the Ambassadors page who has not had the Darkness to Light training has to go through the process as a requirement by the Ministry of Sports and Ministry of Education. Fentisha Connolly, Deputy Co-Chair for the LOC, the local organizing committee in charge of accommodations, volunteers, air logistics, ceremonies and protocol explains why. Anyone that comes in contact with our athletes needs to know what to do in case of that, you know, one time or or no time it happens, but they need to know what the signs are, what the words are that would trigger someone to say something and think, okay, something's wrong with that child, that athlete. Let me look further into it. Can you refresh your minds on what the Darkness to Light program is about? Um, the program is about teaching persons to be aware of the signs that children, um, whether they're you know students in your classroom, athletes, students that you mentor, signs that abuse is happening. So it, it's, a, it's a child prevention policy directive. If you mentor someone, if you're a coach, if you're a teacher, this is something that you would want to take the time out and get the training on so you know the signs. You know what a child may say to you that they're not feeling comfortable around X, Y, and Z person. And that's one of the signs for you to say, oh, Something's not right here. Let me let me dig a little deeper. Let me find out why they're not comfortable. And just that trigger and that step that you take with a child then says, you know what, to them, somebody cares, somebody knows, wants to know what's happening with me, and they want to help me get through and fix the problem or fix whatever situation is happening. Back on the sports side now, if you can tell me, what are the responsibilities of the officials and the volunteers when it comes to Carifta? Volunteers are all around. Um, We need volunteers to be liaison officers, to ushers in the stands, to be gate takers. So, you know, to be around the athletes, to be security. So they're going to have a multitude of interactions with our athletes, not only with our athletes, but with the almost 500 plus athletes that are coming from around the Caribbean. And we want to make sure that they all know what's a good step for you to take as a volunteer with someone and what's a bad step for you to take. There's a line you can't cross. And if you see someone cross that line, or if you know of someone who's crossed that line with an athlete, let us know, because that's that's not the, the image we want to portray, and it's not what we want you as our volunteer or volunteers to, to give off. Our officials are mainly on the track as track and field officials, and so they have their interaction with the athletes. It's the more 
smaller interaction with them, but it's the same. It's, you're there on the same playing field. You know, if you see something, say something. Don't don't keep it in because there'll be a, a kid who just says to you, "I'm not liking that," and it's not to you or it's it's to someone else. And you you pick up on those things and you can take the child aside or talk to the coach and say, you know, hey. This happened on the field. You may want to find out what's happening with that athlete because something didn't happen right. Right, and is that training still going on? Yes, um, we have done two cohorts so far. We're partnering with the Family Resource Center and the Red Cross. They've been wonderful so far with our trainers. We've done two cohorts: one this Tuesday gone, and one the last Tuesday gone. Our next cohort will be on Saturday, February second from 9 to 12 at the Truman Bodden Sports Complex in the VIP Lounge. And you all are, are getting enough volunteers and all your officials, they're all coming to these cohorts? Yes and no. So we've had 15 officials, between 15 and 17 officials at each one of the cohorts to get the training done. And we still have a number of them to go. But in terms of volunteers, no, we can never have enough volunteers. And right now, we're getting geared up to do a volunteer drive two weeks from now. In terms of officials doing the course, yes. But in terms of volunteers, no, we are always seeking volunteers always looking for people who can help. So our volunteer drive is going to happen on Thursday, February 7th from 5 to 7 at the SciFec library at the um, SciFec campus. So if anyone wants to volunteer, wants to know the different areas that they can volunteer in, and there's plenty of them. I mean, we need people for translation services because there are some countries who are coming who are Spanish-speaking or Creole-speaking. Those ones, we, we need people who can speak those languages to converse with those athletes and, right. and their coaches and stuff. So I would encourage anyone who is going to be here over the Easter um, and want to get into some national national pride with, with this event because it's, it's going to be a huge event to contact us and come out to the volunteer drive next Thursday, two weeks Thursday, at the SciFec Library and, and sign up. The local organizing committee is still looking for volunteers for the 2019 Carifta Championships to be held in April. That'll do it for Radio K-Man's local sports for this evening. I'm Dion Anglin. A recap now of some of the day's top local stories on April Cummings. Police today deployed a dozen officers to search once again for 72-year-old Errol Keith Whiteley. The Georgetown man frequents the Washington Boulevard area. He's been spotted once since Christmas. They're concerned for his safety and well-being. Phase one of the new facilities for the government's Department of Vehicle and Equipment Service is almost complete. Today, Minister Joey Hugh toured the construction site. The 8,700-square-foot two-story building is expected to be complete shortly. The minister says it is on budget and on time. A record-breaking year for the tourism industry, surpassing every year in recorded history, with over 2.3 million arrivals by air and sea. Tourism officials say the estimated total visitor spend in 2018 was U.S. $880.1 million, an increase of 12.5 percent. That's a recap of some of the day's top local stories. From Radio Cayman's Newsroom, I'm April Cummings.